to experience a morning show unlike any of them. Shout out to the Breakfast Club. I hope to see y'all on every morning. What you guys are doing right now is the hub culture. The Breakfast Club is my morning sit. I need it and I love it so much. I feel like you're really not popping until you do the Breakfast Club. I've been waiting to come to y'all's show, man. I know really? you got to be a big time celebrity to be up in here. You got to be, be big time. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. The, the Breakfast Club, bitches. Break the fuck up. Good morning, USA. Yo, 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 yo. Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Envy. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Monday. Good morning. How y'all feeling out there, man? Good morning. Yeah, you should feel good. It's a Monday morning. We alive. We breathing. We blessed. We black. We highly favored. What's happening? That's right. I'm out in South Carolina, Dillon, South Carolina. Dillon. Okay. Oh, man. I, you know, when you go to South Carolina and you go to some of these smaller cities in South Carolina, Florence, Dillon, and, and some of these, like, uh, Charlamagne, you ever been to the Thunderbolt? The Thunderbolt in Dillon, South Carolina? I guess it's like a Golden Corral. It's all you can eat. I never heard of Thunderbolt. Oh, my God. They had fish, grits, chicken. You name it, they had it. It looked like you a- You name it! <laughs> it looked like they had it some after church spot, man. But the food was good. It was the a uh, big boss car show out here, so I came to support, and it was pretty dope, man. Shout out to everybody that came out. It was you ain't come to support. Well, like I mean, I came to support. You came to do a check. service, exactly. Yeah, like, I, I came to do service. <laughs> he but, just uh, flew down to Dillon to go to the big boss car show. Big boss car show, big but I had a good time. Mm-hmm. Webby, uh, Boosie performed too. Boosie was here. He performed as well. Okay, all right. So, um, shout out to I tried to get home last night because it was early, but there's no late flights. I think the latest flight is like four o'clock or something like that. So I couldn't get back. So I'm here in South Carolina. So I can't wait to get some. They told me Shoney's breakfast. Shoney's breakfast. That's what they tell me. I don't know. I mean, Shoney's is good. I ain't been to Shoney's in years, though. <laughs> years. Yeah, I didn't know they still had Shoney's. I thought they didn't change the name and everything. Shoney's. I don't know. They said Shoney's for breakfast, the blueberry biscuits, and then they're going to put me on the flight back home. Sounds like you've been doing a lot of eating since you've been out there. You might as well go to Bojangles <laughs> and get you a blueberry biscuit if you're going to do all that. Okay, maybe I'll try that. Well, I was in Miami over the weekend, and I just went had to do this uh, Bitcoin Rodney. Uh, yeah, it was like a conference on a yacht, so it was interesting. It was they had like different panels in each room. Uh, then I came back. That was it. One day. All right, in both you little super spreaders. Y'all just out and about. Well, you know no, what I mean? Actually, mine was very socially distanced, <laughs> okay. and we all had on our masks and everything. So okay. what about it wasn't you, a party. Andy? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't in the crowd. I was on stage by myself, so uh, okay. I, 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 don't, I don't have nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. But I know I do see and cases are going up like crazy. I know a couple of people that actually got it that weren't vaccinated. So, again, if you're out and about, please be careful. Wear your mask. I got my mask on all the time, even though I'm vaccinated. Just, just vaccinated. But I say vaccinated. Oh vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. Are you sure? I'm vaccinated. Well, I hope they didn't vaccinate you because that's the wrong thing. Even though I'm vaccinated. That's why I still get it. See, there you go spreading misinformation. Envy on the radio talking about being vaccinated, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> okay. A lot of vaccination Jesus going Christ. on. Jesus Christ. That's not like, that like Gia made you get a surgery because you tired of having kids. You go and get vaccinated right now. I need to go get vaccinated. <laughs> well, I believe uh, Jalen Rose will be joining us this morning. Oh, man, I he love Jalen Rose. Yeah, he's going to be joining us. We're going to talk about everything NBA, everything he has going on, and, of course, the draft as well. A lot went on in the NBA, so we're going to talk to him in a little bit. And we got front page news. What are we talking about? Yes, and let's talk about this moratorium. You know, over the weekend, uh, that came to an end, and so they are expecting that evictions are going to spike. It's already started, so we'll tell you what's going on with that. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? 
Uh, well, let's start with Cori Bush. Congresswoman Cori Bush has been sleeping outside of the Capitol to protest the end of the eviction freeze. You know, that ended over the weekend. She posted, it's 1 a.m. Our solidarity is strong and our numbers are growing. Millions are at risk of being removed from their homes and a Democratic-controlled government has the power to stop it. Extend the eviction moratorium now. Here's what she said. These are policy decisions that can be fixed. They could have been fixed a long time ago, so we wouldn't even wouldn't even be in this position with the housing crisis we have. So we cannot allow people to end up um, forced out of their homes today. And let me say this: if we don't care about the people in our communities who are suffering in this manner, the country is judged by how we take care of the people that need us the most. America has to do better. If the there country, has to be a plan, though. If the there country, has to be a plan. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the misconception is only nothing but rich people own buildings and own these places. But there's a lot of first-time home investors that that purchased a, an investment property, and they can't pay because they, their tenants won't pay, which is a problem. So if you if you help those people, which everybody needs help, you have to help those first-time home investors, too, that own these properties because those those people can't pay, pay their mortgage companies. So you, you got to help on both sides. And, and as Corey Bush just said, if the country is judged by how they treat people who need it the most, America failed that test a long time ago. Absolutely. <laughs> and they have plenty of time to come up with the plan. We all knew this was yes. about to happen. So the fact that it, it hasn't, but I do not agree with kicking people out of their homes at all. No, and it's no. Monday now, so imagine what it's going to be like today when the courts are open, people are locked out of their homes. They said more than 15 million people live in households that owe as much as $20 billion to their landlords. And as, as of July 5th, roughly 3.6 million people in the U.S. They have faced eviction in the next two months. When but I know a lot, of la- a lot of landlords that can't pay their, their mortgage and they haven't been paying their mortgage in, in over a year. So you got to help both sides and they got to figure out how they can help the people that actually own the properties and the tenants as well. You got to help both. I just want to know when has this country ever had a plan for the have-nots? When has this country ever had a plan Never. for the people who need it? When has this country ever had a plan for the poor and disenfranchised? When? Somebody schooled me to that one. And as things are getting worse right now with uh, with the with COVID, and now people are getting evicted, just imagine it's a health crisis, it's a housing crisis happening simultaneously. And, and that's crime. a state-to-state thing, too. It's not every state. Like, I know New Jersey extended. Some states actually yeah, had the power states, to mm-hmm. extend. And crime will shoot up as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that is your front-page news. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Phone lines are wide open. Again, 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, good morning. This is Tim. Hey, Teddy, what's up? Get it off your chest, bro. Hey, hey, I want to ask you, um, do you have some more Bitcoin accounts coming up? Do I have any more? This is this guy, Bitcoin Rodney, that actually did this. They He has all these cars and stuff, too. They pay for all of that with Bitcoin, so it was interesting to hear how he did it. But he's been doing this for, like, almost 10 years now. So it was a, a very uh, educational experience for me. But I do want to say, if you're interested in it, there's like almost 10,000, I think, different types of, of um, cryptocurrency. So just make sure you do your research. Yes, ma'am. I've been um, watching these guys called the Gentlemen of Crypto mm-hmm. with uh, Bitcoin. Um, Nate, you heard of him? Uh, no. Okay, okay. Um, he's got a, also got a book called Bitcoin and Black America. I've been real up on that. Okay. And just um, yeah, just um, look, look him up, look into him. I'm gonna definitely do that. It's very interesting to me. We might not even have money at some point, so you got to make sure you know what's going right. on. Right. You're right, especially with the inflation going on as well. All right. 
Hello, who's this? Yeah, you got Steve on there. Steve on here. What's up, Steve? Get it off your chest. Hey, man, uh, what I want to get off my chest, man, is I'm kind of upset, man, how you say you down here in Dillon in South Carolina and you went and ate at the Thunderbolt, <laughs> but it's really called Thunderbird, man. Oh, Thunderbird. Thunderbird. Okay. Damn it, man. Thunderbird. Yeah. Thunderbird sounds like, like a ride. Was the Thunderbird? I ain't never yeah. heard of no Thunderbird. I heard of Thunderbird. Thunderbird. Well, he also got vaccinated yeah. there. I did get vaccinated. Yeah, I'm about to say, Charlemagne, man, mm-hmm. why you ain't correct your man? I ain't never. I thought you. I thought it might have been something new that I don't know nothing about. I ain't never heard of no Thunderbolt. <laughs> hey, man, you from South Carolina, man? You supposed to know about Florence, man? Yeah, I've been to Florence. Salute to my guy DJ B Lord. You know what I mean? B B B Lord and my man Ish representing Florence always. Yeah, man. Yes, it was sir, a Thunderbird. Yes, That's what it was. He yeah, just told man. us. How'd you enjoy the food, man? Food was great, man. I ain't even gonna front, man. I, you know, it was kind of sketchy walking in there, and, and it was all you can eat. You know, single line like cafeteria, but yeah. food well, was well worth it. Yeah. Well, it's a buffet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a buffet, man. It's a buffet. I, I haven't been there since COVID, man. But I'm been dying to get back. All right. Yeah. Well, Burr maybe Emmy can dope. send you some food. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Here, what's up, Envy? What's up, Trav? Yee. Hey, Trav, what's up, boo? What's up, boo? What's up, Char? Peace, sis, what's happening? Uh, chilling, chilling, chilling. Hey, first I want to um, drop one of the clues bombs for Taylor Hayes. You know, I got to see my baby this weekend. She took me to an amazing restaurant out in Brooklyn called Shane. If y'all haven't tried it, y'all need to try it. It's so good. Y'all have been talking about food all morning on this air. Negroes is hungry. <laughs> yeah, can I tell y'all, so I, I took little Boosie's advice this weekend and I tried to be straight. <laughs> no, I tried to be straight this weekend, right? So, okay, go? you was trying to be straight. <laughs> okay, how'd it work out? And you're up right. It's too many. First of all, friends invited me up to this. Uh, a bunch of gay dudes invited me around them this weekend. Bring me all around them. Then I tried to go, you know, to brunch and not order mimosas. <laughs> Basically, what you're saying is there's too many fine men with penises out Wait, there. Wait, did you say mimosas are gay? I mean, that's what I be reading. They, they say they, uh, Twitter say you can't order mimosas that. for What about no, Bellinis? That's not true. You can drink mimosas and Bellinis. There's nothing gay about that. Okay, well, too many men walk around in these Ethica rap draws, and it's just hard being straight with all these penises around. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. So, so Boosie said, Boosie said to the crowd uh, over the weekend, he was like, well, since the Breakfast Club won't fly him to New York, he's going to take an Uber to New York to do the interview. That That's sounds more expensive than flying. I think that is a little more expensive, Boosie. Yeah. The Breakfast Club has never paid for anybody to come to the Breakfast Club. Never. And I will also say, if, if, if Boosie <laughs> coming to the Breakfast Club, we're going to have David Johns right here with him. He need to sit down and have a conversation with somebody from the LGBTQ community that can educate him on some things. We should bring Trav. Nah, David Johnson. <laughs> not Trav. Hello, who's this? This is Jasmine. Hey, Jasmine. Get it off your chest, mama. No, I just wanted to tell y'all hi. I love y'all. I am so thankful. And I wanted to announce I purchased my first home this June. Nice. Yay! Congratulations, Congrats. Jasmine. Congrats. Now, that's a gift. Thank you. Thank you. And, Ange, when you come to Detroit, I want to meet you. All right. I'll actually be in Detroit next week. Okay, I'm going to come by the store. Percy, meet you. All right. Let me know. I'll come meet you there. 
Okay, and when y'all get a chance, check out my podcast. It's on all platforms. It's called Juiced Up Podcast. Juiced right. Up? Juiced Up. Okay, yep, what's, what's it about? Up. Steroids? No, not at all. It's about some of everything. You would like it, Charlamagne. I'm going to check it out. Press juices. All right. All right. Yeah. Thank you. See y'all. Love y'all. We love right. you, too. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up. And let me congratulate Reek Whitehead. Uh, Reek Whitehead is a young man that's uh, in high school right now. He just committed to Duke University. He's from Newark, New Jersey. He played with Logan growing up and a bright young man. He has a bright future. He had his uh, commitment party where he committed. Uh, he also got offered to, to the G League where, you know, they pay their players 500000 a year, but he committed to Duke. So I just want to congratulate Reek Whitehead. Absolutely. Dropping the clues bomb for Reek Whitehead, man. Coming from the Brick City, mm-hmm. the Duke University. That's going to be a much needed change of scenery for you, young man. That's right. So congratulations to Reek. Now, we got rumors on the way, Yee? Yes, let's talk about the best music video of all time. Who do you think that Rolling Stone gave that honor to? All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's time. She's spilling the tea. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, today is a celebration of life for Biz Markie that's going to be live streamed on BET. It's a private service, but you can watch that starting at 2 p.m. today. Al Sharpton will be delivering the eulogy, and it'll be Fat Joe, LL Cool J, Papoose, Big Daddy Kane, I'll be sure. A lot of people will be front and center paying their respects to the family. He will be dressed in a custom outfit designed by Dapper Dan. And, yeah, so if you guys want to pay your respects, you can watch that on BET. Rest in peace to Biz Markie. Absolutely. I thought he was on The Breakfast Club. We've had so many conversations with Biz, man. He never made it. I thought he was coming up here. He was telling us about, maybe just me and you were together one time, Charlamagne, but he was telling us about uh, the Teletubbies and all the things that he was doing in the industry behind the scenes. But I think I think, peace, I think we might have called him once because he, you know, he always would hit us up. I think we might have called him on the air once. I don't think he's ever been up here, though. Yeah. All right. Now, they have also announced today tickets go on sale at 10 a.m. Eastern, and that is to go see Kanye West presents the Donda album release that's going to be happening on Thursday. So Live Nation confirmed that listening party is going to be going down this Thursday, August 5th. Now, again? I'm, not, I'm not mad if he packs out the stadium again, but do you run and kick that football again? If you no. went there last time and the album didn't even drop, do you do that to yourself again? Do if you you're go, a huge fan, yeah. You go buy them $50 chicken tenders again? Yeah, now people said they were they said they were driving <laughs> hours to get there, and they said, and I could be wrong, they said he was uh, two hours late and he did six songs. I'm not sure, though. All right. Well, it's going to be creative direction by Balenciaga's Demna Duvasalia. I can't even Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the tickets are going to be why, priced why you between get so excited? Just 30 like, what the hell is that you, who I was just $75. Joking, no. So if you are is. trying to go, they go on sale today at 10 a.m. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> all right. Now, what is the best music video of all time? Well, in honor of MTV's 40th anniversary, Rolling Stone has ranked the 100 greatest music videos of all time. Who do you think was number one on that list? Michael Missy Jackson Michael Jackson Thriller? Michael Jackson. I forgot about Thriller. Yeah, Michael Jackson Thriller. You know what's crazy? Thriller's not even in the top 10. Oh, that's just stupid. On this list. Yeah, the, the, but the Billie list Jean is, is at number 10 on this list. Billie Jean was Billie dope, Jean. but it wasn't Thriller. Dope. It ain't no Thriller. That list is null and void. Then. Number yeah. 9, Peter Gabriel, Sledgehammer. Number... Uh, oh, no. Number 9 was Guns N' Roses, November Rain. Number 8, Peter Gabriel. Number 7 was D'Angelo, Untitled. How does it feel? Remember that one where he was naked? Spinning around mm-hmm. naked? <laughs> All right. Lot, they got uh, a lot of guys on their workout regimen, by the way. 
All right, this is America was number four on that list. Childish Gambino. Huh? That was that. I mean, listen, this is America was great, but if you've ever that was seen, a dope video, if you ever seen the exhibit video, uh, what you see, I think exhibit it was what you see, dope. What you get. Remember, yep. remember the exhibit one when he was walking and all the chaos was behind mm-hmm. him. That's that what was this dope. is America was to me. All right, number three was Madonna Vogue, and number one on the list, Beyonce Formation. I disagree. I, no, Missy Elliott or Busta Rhymes. Missy Elliott your was hand number six. Can see. Thriller, like no, you know, I don't know who did that I'm, list. I'm a Pinkett Smith Winfrey Nose Carter, but number one video of all time, it's Thriller. Of I all agree with time? you. Yeah, thriller. nah, come on. I mean, you know, these things are always subjective. I'm just no, you it's not subjective, but it is. Thriller. Everybody the has best their video ever. No, they that, definitely are. Okay? It's definitely subjective, <laughs> but I, yeah, I just never have had that conversation about Formation being the number one video of not all time. Thriller. Michael Jackson Thriller. All right, now let's talk about Kevin Hart and Snoop Dogg. You know they've been doing commentary of the Olympics. And so Olympic highlights with Kevin Hart and Snoop Dogg streamed on Peacock over the last week. They were re- uh, recapping some of the highs and lows during the games in Tokyo. So listen to this. Do the horses get medals when they win too or they don't get medals? That's a good question, Snoop. I've never seen a horse with a medal. Do they? No, it goes to the person on the horse, which should be changed. He ain't did nothing but just sat, sat on the mother. <laughs> I demand for a horse to get the respect that they deserve, have the same bragging rights as the jockey. You start to hang a medal on these horses' neck, so when they get around the other horses, they can and show the other horse. <laughs> they get back there in the stall. Look at y'all naked neck asses. They ain't got nothing. I love it. You see how just a little bit of personality, just a little bit of realness cuts through because we so used to hearing just the cookie cutter announcers mm-hmm. talk. At one point, Snoop said he thought the horse was crip walking. I saw that. <laughs> all right, now, Kevin Hart's been all over the place. He even crashed Usher's set in Vegas. I'm dying to go to this Usher show, by the way. And here's what happened when Kevin Hart joined him on stage. <laughs> now, we almost couldn't play that because up here our producer said that it was moaning. <laughs> no, that's, that's ad libs. Oh, I thought that was funny. All right, and Young Blue, congratulations to him. He actually celebrated Moon Boy selling 24000 in the first week. Now, academics had posted that on his page, and Young Blue said, Big W, first album, you got to sell 24 k before you sell 100 k Number 13 on Billboard, first album, all independent, odds against us. I only had like 10% of the industry supporting and posting my ish. Still did my thing, only up from here. Classic Moon Boy. It's a great album. I respect his optimism. That's how he should feel. He should be appreciative of what you sold. Yeah, it's a really good album, too. So if you guys haven't listened to it, make sure you do. And 42 Doug has uh, deleted something that he said on social media. Now, I'm sure you all saw this video over the weekend where he is. Uh, it's his son and he's with his son and he kind of licks his neck. Did you all see this video? I seen and that, yeah. And it ended up it. going viral and people had all kind of mm-hmm. jokes about it. And, uh, you know, he posted, ain't nobody going for that gay, I don't even want to say all this, but it was it was a very homophobic rant. And he did delete that and apologize uh, since he went to his Instagram to apologize for the initial delete. He said, it never be my intentions to offend anybody, even when I'm offended. So for that, I am sorry. Usually I'm a very private person when it comes to personal ish, such as my son or my family in general. People always tell me I need to take more pictures or, you know, let my fans see something about me other than music. Yesterday, I called myself doing that. My son's birthday was over the weekend, so I decided I would let y'all see how much fun we had. You know, the pictures, videos I posted to my son wasn't put out for feedback. That was us being us. So for y'all to take that and make it what y'all did just reminded me of why I keep my family private. He said, I will not be showing my son or any of my family on this ish again. 
Yeah, it's just crazy though that a man that a man showing any type of affection to his child is considered anything other than a man showing love to his child. Right, that's his child. I mean, look, I get it. Some people are like, I would never do that, but you know, it. It's. I don't think he meant anything. I, no, no, not at all. We didn't. But you like, know, when you put on, things man. on social media, people just be weighing in. So I understand he don't want to put that on there again. He's no longer sharing with y'all. Lost that privilege. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, and that is your rumor reports. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now we got front page news when we come back. Things are about to get worse before they get better. We'll tell you what Dr. Anthony Fauci has to say. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Angela here, and the General Insurance has been helping people save money for nearly 60 years. Take a closer look at the General and get the great low rates and quality coverage you deserve. For a hassle-free quote today, call 800-GENERAL or go to thegeneral.com. Some restrictions apply. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. All right, now over the weekend, the USA men's basketball team beat Czech Republic 119-84 on Sunday. They advanced to the knockout stage now. And in some NBA, it looks like they're saying Carmelo Anthony is unlikely to return to the Blazers. He might come to the Knicks, huh? They might come to the Knicks or might come to the Lakers, they mm-hmm. are saying. Mm-hmm. Also, Kawhi Leonard and Chris Paul are now unrestricted, uh, meaning I guess they can um, decide if they want to get traded or go to another team. See no, the not traded. They, they, get, they can get, they're in free agents. Yeah. Free agency, free so they agents. can go to another mm-hmm. team. So they're saying Kawhi Leonard might go to the Mavericks. That's what they've been saying. And maybe Chris Paul to the Lakers. Who knows? I doubt, so we'll see. I doubt Kawhi is leaving the Clippers. And you I don't doubt think so? Chris, yeah. And I doubt Chris Paul is leaving the Suns. Mm-hmm. Highly doubt it. All right, well, we'll see. And, and, uh, and salute to uh, Jasmine Camacho Quinn um, and, and Raven Sanders, both representing the 843. Jasmine Camacho Quinn won uh, gold in the hurdles, I believe, this weekend. And Raven Sanders won silver in the shot put. So dropping the clues bombs for the 843, the low country. South Carolina all day. Yeah, busting ass. And also the women's basketball team, USA basketball team, I think they're undefeated now. So now they're on the medal round. So congratulations to those ladies. Asia Wilson representing the 803, the Metro Columbia, South Carolina, playing for the women's basketball team. All right. What else? What else we got, Yeezy? And also, Simone Biles is returning for the balance team. So she's returning to competition in Tokyo. She'll be competing on Tuesday. A little. Oh, she uh, is. Yeah. I thought she pulled out everything. No. No, just a couple of. But yeah, I'm glad to see her back in there. And she described why she was having some air awareness issues, uh, referred to as the twisties. All right. Now, Dr. Fauci is saying that things are going to get worse because of unvaccinated individuals, but also he doesn't foresee a lockdown. Uh, he said that we have enough of the percentage of people in the country, not enough to crush the outbreak, but he thinks that uh, we're not going to be in the situation that we were in previously. Here is Dr. Fauci. I don't think we're going to see lockdowns. I think we have enough of the percentage of people in the country, not enough to crush the outbreak, but I believe enough to not allow us to get into the situation we were in last winter. But things are going to get worse. If you look at the acceleration of the number of cases, the seven-day average has gone up substantially. What does he mean when he says things are going to get worse? I mean, I would think the worst is what happened last year, right? If that's well, not he's talking about right now. Look like? He's talking about right now with the um, Delta variant that the mm-hmm. numbers are going to go up before they go back down. So what he's saying is they're not going to get better right away. We haven't seen the peak of this outbreak from this Delta variant in the next two or three weeks. He thinks the numbers are going to get worse, and they're saying that you're seeing more numbers. Like you see the results of Fourth of July celebrations, and then I'm sure if you saw Lollapalooza, mm-hmm. uh, you saw what Rolling Loud was like. 
Mm-hmm. You can see those numbers. Florida has the highest numbers right now. So Yeah, I mean, yeah, that is terrible. But, you know, the worst is, you know, when people can't go to work. So folks care about being on lockdown and not being able to work more than anything. So when I hear him say the worst, but then say we're not going back on lockdown, I'm like, okay, well, what is the worst? But, you know, rising cases, yes. And I think it's also bad because school is about to start again, too. And kids, a lot of kids aren't el- eligible to get vaccinated. So I'm sure that doesn't help either. But as far as being fully vaccinated, they did say at least 125,000 fully vaccinated Americans have tested positive for COVID. And 1,400 of those have died. They're calling those breakthrough cases in 38 states. And so what they're saying is a number of people who are vaccinated fully that actually have tested positive represent less than 0.08% of the 160. 4.2 million plus people who have been fully vaccinated since January. Why do they play the percentage game though? Because you know, 125,000 people is 125,000 people. Because you can do the percentage game with anything. You could do that with actual COVID deaths. You could say 600,000 of 320 mm-hmm. million is a low percentage. Like I don't, I don't. I think they're trying to they encourage people to get vaccinated because they're saying that there's a, a very low percentage if you're fully vaccinated that you'll get it. Of course, there's breakthrough cases because it's not 100% effective. But for some people who are saying, well, I'm not going to get vaccinated because some people are getting it, they're saying it does offer you protection. Well, I think I know a lot more people will get vaccinated when it's fully approved by the FDA. When it's and they're working approved. on that now. They yes. say they're working on that, that now. But like I mean, like it's, it's very scary. Mm-hmm. We've been talking behind the scenes about people that we know who, who have who've recently got COVID and got the Delta variant and how it's affecting their body. So it's very scary. It is very scary. Wear your mask. And like I said, I, I'm I'm scared for my kids at this point because they can't get vaccinated. You know, they're under the age, so but they still have to go to school. It's It's just very scary. Right. And, you know, and in Florida, the governor has blocked school mask mandates. So Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has issued an executive order Friday. He blocked those mandates in schools, saying parents have the right to decide if their kids should wear face coverings or not. He said in Florida, there will be no lockdowns. There will be no school closures. There will be no restrictions and no mandates in the state of Florida and Texas. Uh, the governor there signed an executive order prohibiting mask mandates or vaccine requirements from government agencies and municipalities statewide. And could somebody ask Dr. Fauci or somebody or someone about the herd immunity thing? Because I would feel like that would have kicked in already. Right. Well, it hasn't. And I think it's also because it's a variant, too. So it's a different it's mutated Mm. and it's a lot more transmissible than the previous uh, COVID-19 that we had. So they're saying this one is just like the chicken pox, like the way that it transmits. All right. And that is your front page news. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, Jalen Rose will be joining us. The legend. Uh, that's right. We're going to kick it with Jalen Rose. Everything that's going on from NBA to sports to all that. So don't move. Jalen Rose, when we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a, a friend to the room, a brother to the room. Man, I feel like I, wa- I, feel like I really know you because I watch you every day. You know that's what I'm mutual. Saying? Like literally every day I watch Jalen and Jacoby every day. Jaylen Appreciate Rose the love. Here, man. What up, Dove? What, what's going on, man? Welcome back, first and foremost. And how yes, are indeed. you? How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's uh, it's been a tough. To be honest, it's been a tough like 12 to 18 months for me personally and mm-hmm. professionally, and in, in, in my family in mm-hmm. particular. Condolences on your mom. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. Uh, I went from being one of the people in the crowd that was really fortunate to be like, I haven't had a lot of deaths in my family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my grandmother's 100 years old. And then before you know it, you know, I lost my my uncle, my Uncle Paramore, rest in peace. And then I lost my eldest brother, mm-hmm. 
who was uh, in his early 60s. And then I lost my grandmother. And then in February, I lost my mom. Mm. Was that all due to COVID? None due to COVID. Oh, wow. None due to COVID. Uh, my mother had cancer. Um, she was a, a heavy cigarette smoker. And uh, she was in hospice, you know, in December and January. And, you know, that kind of stuff just changed you. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I woke up one day. I never met my biological father. He died in the mid-2000s, Jimmy Walker. And I was just doing the draft and sitting there. At, and it actually hit me that I was an orphan. Mm. Like, I was like, wow. What you mean orphan? You, you had your mom, though. When you don't have p- living parents, you're considered an orphan. No, I, get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're wow. saying. Yes. Yeah. And basketball is the tie to my family. Mm. Like, like, so I think about it, I'm working the draft. My father was the number one pick in 67. Your my mama mo- used to push you and tell you. Correct. You, you, my mother you, yeah. was the one that got me into the game. She created the name Jalen, combining his name James and my uncle Leonard, who took her to the hospital to mm-hmm. give birth. And now I'm sitting there watching Jalen Green walk across the stage. Jalen Suggs walk across the stage. Wow. Jalen wow. Johnson wow. Wow. walk wow. across the stage. Wow. And, and my wow. mom created the name. Yeah, I remember I read something. Maybe That's it was crazy. in the Fab Five, Doc, that the name Jalen shot up during your Fab Five days or something like that. Yes, like like people naming their kids Jalen, and that's 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 the most humbling thing that's ever happened in my life for my career to have people come up to me and tell me the origins of why somebody's name is Jalen. Mm-hmm. And if you notice, each of them are under thirty years of age, because when I was in college, it was from ninety one to ninety four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. you and you you and Nas. I think Nas definitely. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, I think Nas, you yes, and Nas are responsible yes. for a lot of names. <laughs> how you how you dealing with that grief though? Because I remember watching you. I think you was on Maria Taylor when you was just you know talking and you clearly broke down. Like how you dealing with it now? And uh, I think uh, being hardened by society and just being a black man and being an athlete and growing up in the street, mm-hmm. we we're learning to suppress our pain. That's right. And or mask it. That's right. Whether it's partying, drinking, or smoking, or bad habits, or whatever, and so. It's it's been a unique space for me in a lot of ways, but uh, I'm I'm really fortunate. I'm highly favored, and uh, it's just one day at a time, really. Mm-hmm. That that's kind of how I handle it. And the responsibilities in my life change. Like I, I tell young people all of the time, the circumstances in your life change when all of your bills are in your name. Mm-hmm. 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 You know what I'm saying? Like all, not your phone bill, not your car insurance, like all of your bills are in your name. And I found myself doing the state planning as a 48-year-old man, and four of the people that were, like, a part of that are gone. Wow, wow, mm. wow. And I, and, and it was kind of wow. eerie to have to do that over the last, you know, month or so. Wow. Did, was there ever times in, like, high school, college, even the pros, where you felt the way you felt mentally and emotionally? Like, you know, we see everybody taking the, their, their breaks now because we understand what mm-hmm. mental health is. Was this the most difficult thing mentally you had to deal with? Yes, and uh, shout to Naomi Osaka, shout to Simone Biles. Um, I support, I salute them. Absolutely. I remember being a a young, famous kid from the inner city, and I was ready athletically to compete, and I had the the, the eye of the tiger to try to be a dog and to try to be a member of the Fab Five and to make it to the league. But I remember there was a time we were about to play Duke, and it was a big CBS game, and... I, I executive produced a Fab Five documentary, and I remember watching this interview where we were all sitting there for the first time. And I remember thinking, like, damn, 
My skin is messed up. Mm. My teeth is messed up. Mm. I'm broke. I don't have a haircut. Like, do I even deserve to be here right now? Mm. And it was masked, as you guys know, as black men in particular, you know, just shut up and deal with it. That's right. Mm -hmm. And so we suppress our pain in a lot of ways and our anxiety in a lot of ways. And so that was a, a pivotal point for me in my life then and losing the family members I've recently lost now. I'm not saying this because this next thing because I think I'm hard or, or anything. I'm, I'm saying this because it's okay to share emotion. That's right. I've probably only cried maybe five times in like 25 years. Mm-hmm. That's like, not, that's, I, I, I see it. Right, I believe it. Right. Like, regardless of what has happened to me, and I've been through a lot of turbulence, trials and tribulations, like we all have. Mm -hmm. and, and each of those situations challenged me, Charlemagne, to uh, to reevaluate, you know, taking my mental health serious. Right. And evaluating, like, like when you get on the airplane, securing your mask first. Mm -hmm. That's a real thing because when you become a success story, mm -hmm. you guys know it, ye know it. You go from being a part of the crew to being the boss, mm -hmm. the leader, the breadwinner, and uh, that becomes a lot of responsibility. And uh, you know, it's it, it's been a um, it's been an amazing journey, and I'm really happy how I've been able to overcome a lot of the things that I've dealt with. And I just want to inspire others. All right, now keep it locked. We have more with Jalen Rose when we come back. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Jalen Rose. What do you think about people that say, like, uh, and I've been seeing this all over social media, you know, like, for instance, Simone Biles. Uh, she trained all her life for that moment. She, you know, went to practice eight hours a day and trained seven days a week. And now when she got to the moment, she didn't follow through, you know, and they mm -hmm. say the same thing. That's like if Tom Brady got to the Super Bowl and Super Bowl day said, you know what? I don't want to do this. Or Michael Jordan game six, you know, and be like, right. you know what? I'm not playing. You know, so what do you say to those people that, that don't see it on the same way that you see it? So a lot of those people, about 75 percent of those people think January 6th at the Capitol was a picnic. <laughs> Right, uh, a, 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 a lot of those people, you know. So I, there's nothing I can say into this microphone that's for real. 450 years that's going to even compute mm -hmm. to them that we're more than athletes. Mm -hmm. We're more than jocks. We're not going to shut up and dribble, right? And so for the people who feel like you practiced your entire life and now this is the major moment, this is what I want them to understand. Michael Jordan won three championships, lost his father. And took a mental health break. And took two years of that's a mental right. health break. That's right. We didn't have the language for it back then, but that's what he did. He was an adult that's playing right. in the NBA. The GOAT already. That's right. She's 24, 25 years old. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's, it's way different when you're a kid. That's what that is. And so she actually showed maturity right. to me. By saying, this isn't about me, I don't feel my best. That's right. So I will take a step back and allow you guys to flourish because this isn't all about me. That's right. Now imagine if she would have said she was going to perform and then <clears throat> all of a sudden before she started to compete, she didn't have it. Mm -hmm. And this is what I want to say about what she does for a living that's different from all of us. She got to be perfect all of the time. Mm -hmm. See, playing basketball, I can make a turnover. I can miss a shot. 
My bad. My bad. Mm. I can go out and kick it the night before. If it's a bad game, it's a bad game. We play again. She got to stick the landing each time. Mm. She has to be perfect. She has to get a 10. And by the way, when she wasn't her best, she still qualified. And the other thing, Team USA is over there, right? But a guy like Kevin Durant gets a chance to compete in one sport and get one medal. She's competing in four different actions for four medals and also has to be perfect. Mm -hmm. So that's a way different exercise that she's juggling. And and also, too, you know, Simone Biles, we don't know what she's already pushed through. You know what I mean? Larry Nassar. That's what I'm saying. She was one of the abuse victims. (laughs) of. So imagine... You're going to your place, your your home, your place of work, your sanctuary as an athlete. That happened to her during that period of time. That's right. That's right. Most people wouldn't want to compete. Ever again. Ever again. That's right. And they would feel, and I would feel, and to be honest, as I say this out loud, I'm surprised they don't feel, I would feel neglected by that governing body that allowed me to be abused that now turns around and asks me to go out and compete for them. Mm. And you mm. know, the crazy part about it is, is mm. we don't hear these stories a lot of times. Like, I was talking to somebody this weekend, and it was like, and maybe you would know better, they said Allen Iverson would only eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich before the games because if not, his anxiety and his stomach would give him the bubbles because he was playing in front of so many people. So he would only eat a peanut butter and jelly. It would keep his stomach good. I've got another example for you, and I know I'm not uh, speaking out of school because this is family and everybody that's in the league kind of know about this. Rod Strickland was like that too. The panic attacks? Rod Strickland would be one of those guys that basically would need to go throw up in the towel before the game. Wow. Really? Yeah. I, I remember playing with him later in our careers. We were playing in Toronto, and uh, you know I was more established in that situation. I was the captain. I was the highest paid player on the team. And this is Rod Strickland. This is a legend to me. Mm-hmm. Like 2010. Like I'm, I, I'm still mad at the Knicks. They broke up him and Mark Jackson. And Absolutely. I'm from Detroit. Mm-hmm. That's Rod, fresh cut, best fitted, like Ky- current Kyrie. Everybody who ain't Absolutely. see him play right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want them to see the OG like this. Because, you know, it might affect his job security with this squad. Wow. And so before a couple of games, when he would go and and do that, I was in there trying to clean it up for him and with him. You see what I mean? And so everybody that you encounter is either in a storm, just got out of a storm, or going through a storm. Mm -hmm. That's an absolute fact. Now, how we handle that is a measure of our character and just perseverance. How does it change everything going forward? I mean, not just sports, but life or really sports because they have everything there for you physically. You got all the trainers and people to get y'all right physically. Mm-hmm. What is, how, what's that going to do to the sports world mentally? Do you have therapists on the team? Counselors? What? Well, that's that's come a long way. I, I was using this example yesterday. There, there was a time when players just didn't have all access to the team facility. Mm-hmm. Look back at some of the old footage of Larry Bird in the mid-80s when he's in the arena Running a concourse, it's dark. It's dark. <laughs> mm-hmm. He didn't think about it. Larry Bird didn't have access to the gym. Mm. Wow. And so, as relationships grow and you get paid more, you become partners, and owners start to appreciate you more than just being, you know, a commodity. Then they start to treat you more with like a level of autonomy. Like you see, Aaron Rodgers dealing with this right now mm-hmm. with the Green Bay Packers, mm-hmm. and so. The teams now do a great job 
not only trying to load manage quote unquote players with their injuries, and to me, it's a difference between recovery um, from a horrific injury. Like if Kawhi Leonard is going to miss some games, like I saw him mess up his knee, like that knee is going to be messed up. If you mess up your knee, it's going to be messed up forever. That type of thing. Mm-hmm. But the exact same thing they are now doing for mental health. Um, making sure counselors are available, make sure that you have the support you need. Teams are doing a terrific job of making sure that athletes and your support group, your family, your kids, and even retired players definitely have access if they want to um, take advantage of it. I know you got 15 minutes. I know you got to go. I know you got a live hit. Russell Westbrook, LA Lakers. What's your thoughts? I'm so happy for Russ mm-hmm. because he about to reinvent himself. You think so? Watch this, family. This happened with Carmelo Anthony. If Melo would have ended his career after being released by the Houston Rockets, we'll look at my guy, the future Hall of Famer, and the narrative that people would have pen and pad, pad, they would write different about him. Mm-hmm. But he goes to Portland, resurrects his name, because top 10 scoring, you get a chance to get him, see him come back to New York, mm-hmm. you get a chance to see him like go out um, like he's supposed like to. Like he should, absolutely. Right? Russell Westbrook has always been an underappreciated player. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you why. He plays the same speed the entire game. Yep. And this is the greatest compliment I could pay him. He plays like they're not keeping score. <laughs> <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So, so the first two minutes of the game, he's going to play with a reckless abandon. The last two minutes of the game where everybody like, hold on, slow it down. Mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. care if you're at the park. Mm-hmm. I don't care where you at. It's like, all right, it's game point. Slow it down. Hey, hold on. Russ like, nah, <laughs> we going. Right. Right? And so th- that is what people, that's what makes him more the most polarizing. Mm-hmm. But as far as his productivity and his speed and his killer instinct and breaking the big old triple-double record and his rebounding and stuff, He's going to be great for the Lakers. All right, now keep it locked. We have more with Jalen Rose when we come back. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Jalen Rose. Charlemagne? I love seeing you and um, Chris Webber back on good terms, too, man. Like, how do you, how do you think that healing happened? I think it happened through the loss of my mother. Mm-hmm. I, I really do, because uh, his parents were at the funeral. See, see, this is what's crazy about relationships. Um, like you and I may not be like you and I may be family for ten or fifteen years and fall out, but we still got so many people in common, mm-hmm. and they shouldn't become collateral damage because as adults we're not currently seeing eye to eye. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 dumb when I'm at my mom's funeral, I'm hugging his mother and father, and me and him ain't seeing eye to eye. Mm-hmm. Life is too short for that. And so I just think that became a seminal moment to where it was like, all right, it's kind of just trying to put down the gloves. What was that conversation like? Because I saw when, when when he got into the Hall of Fame, he was on with you. And I heard him say that at the end, man, you know how much I love your mom. And I'm like, wait a minute, we're missing a whole storyline here. When did that reconciliation happen? Well, it, um, to be fair, in theory, if there's to be a sit-down and eye-to-eye, a one-on-one, that's supposed to happen now that the season has ended. That's right. And I don't know if I, I'm going to say it because I just, you know, life may, may life may be over tomorrow. This is something that you guys would be proud of. I literally looked down at my phone yesterday, mm-hmm. and there was a text from C-Web to the other four members of the Fab Five. And he told us he loved us, he appreciated us, and he invited us 
to be at his Hall of Fame ceremony. That's, that's, that's incredible. Dope. Couldn't be any other way, though. That's dope. And I responded, wouldn't miss it for the world. That's real. You know, and shout to Ray Jackson, who recently lost his father. And, and it's like, growing up in the public eye, it, it's crazy. I get a chance to run into, like, media members and people that have been assassinating my character for 30 years. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's crazy as you start to become an adult. So um, I think we will be healed moving forward. Jawan's the head coach doing a great job at U of M. Mm-hmm. If you guys ever in Michigan, I'm a season ticket holder. Love you guys to come to a game and represent. But it's going to be great when we're all standing at half court at a, in Ann Arbor, Michigan, while Jawan's suited and booted coaching the team. And they're honoring our team. That's right. That's, That's right. You know, I know you're happy too that the NCAA is finally letting college athletes get paid. That's something Need you've some been money, championing yes. forever. Hey, man. You've been on the front lines of that fight forever. Hey, it's crazy. As you start to get older, I remember like watching Muhammad Ali get vilified mm-hmm. for so very long. And it hurt me when I saw him carrying the torch in Atlanta and he had heavy Parkinson's. And I took it almost as. Like we we waited this long as a country to celebrate my hero, mm-hmm. and and that really bothered me, and and I felt like that about the Fab Five and the NCAA for so very long, mm-hmm. because people were lining their pockets, and the fans know what we brought to the table, the Fab Five, what we brought to the culture, and I just remember those years being called a thug. Or being called a hoodlum. And, and, and by the way, some of my college years, I actually was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they, 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 that was right. But we we are not allowed to grow and mature. And so I am happy for the NCAA that they now realize that this indentured servitude that you've been doing, and I'm going to be frank, it happens in the sports dominated by black athletes. That's right. It's such a remnant of slavery, right? It's, all right, after high school football player, you can't go to the league for three years. Right. But if you play tennis, if you play golf, if you want to be a, be a race car driver. Be professional immediately. You, you can be a pro immediately. That was only in football, and that's only in basketball. And coincidentally, in particular, football, these are the sports that fund the entire athletic program. The entire athletic program. Right. So in other words, I need to keep you in school to fund the program and make money for the school. And so it's it, it, it's obvious that it was going to eventually happen, but I'm happy that it's finally happening, mm-hmm. but better late than never. Does it work <laughs> retroactively? Because I believe those Fab Five jerseys. Come on, man. Not only that, but like you know, people lost their Heisman trophies. Yeah, yeah, Reggie Bush, Bush needs to get Reggie that back. Lost his but but here's what's crazy, and like th- that's why I'm really fortunate that we stand on the shoulders of giants. We didn't know about trademarking and all of that in the early '90s, and I stumped some young people the other day. I was like, I didn't know my credit score in college. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like we were like times were. Di- I was using a floppy disk, and so imagine if we were able to trademark in one way, shape, or form. The entire Fab Five. Yeah. Black socks. The first time we wore black socks, three of us had on black socks. Two of us had on dress socks. I don't dress socks over my white socks. They didn't even have five pairs of black socks at the mall. They didn't have five pair of black socks at the mall. What about Harachis? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those came out, got re-released a couple of times. 
So, like, there were so many things. The longer shorts. That was something that wasn't being done. And so. So the answer is no. On the retroactive jerseys. Not going to be able to do it. (laughs) Jalen, I know you got to head out of here, man. We appreciate you for joining us, Anything you need to plug? I don't. Hey, I I want to call away. You know, I watch the show every day, whether it's on YouTube or listening to it in the car. You guys started this show, I think, about 10 or 11 years ago. Yeah, about 11 now. Right. That's the same. We started Jalen and Jacoby the same time y'all started this show. I've always looked at our show as a mirror sports version of this show. So I want to applaud you guys for y'all professionalism, for y'all courage, and for y'all voices. Nah, same to you, man. I I, I, I literally watch Jalen and Jacoby every day. Y'all know it ain't easy. Nope. To criticize Mm-mm. people that you got to run into, Mm-mm. that you one text away, and to be ten toes down at all times, it ain't easy. You got to keep your head on the swivel. But you know what? It's funny you say that because I look at you and you carry yourself with a certain level of integrity, even doing something like apologizing to press. Because it helps me to grow as a broadcaster too, and just for as sure. a human. Absolutely. So I appreciate and got mad love for you guys. Don't hesitate to reach out. And if y'all ever in Detroit, please stop by JRLA. Tuition-free, open enrollment, public charter high school. Started in 2011. Okay. All right. Well, I'm out there actually next Tuesday and Wednesday. So I'll give you a call. Yes, indeed. Appreciate the love. It's Jalen Rose. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Nicki Minaj. Listen up. It's just in. All the guys. The rumor report. With Angela Angela Yee. It's the rumor report. The Breakfast Club. Well, wouldn't you love to see Nicki Minaj host the Real Housewives of Potomac reunion? It looks like she's a fan of the show. She has her own remix of what it would look like for her to host that reunion. She said, I'll be hosting the reunion. Let me know what y'all want me to ask, child. And, of course, the women on the show were all for it, too. And she said, don't move. Everyone binge watch all the episodes because we finna get into some things, hunty. My questions will be well thought out, too, mixed with funny and epic, of course, and barbs. Please don't send me a million comments about the album. And, Doc, child, just let me have my moment. We almost there. Promise not lying this time. Love you. I mean, it would definitely be one of the highest rated uh It would be the highest shows. rated. Yeah, I Ever. think so. And if she watch, watches the show and loves the show like she says, I think it'd be great. And you know I love the Real Housewives of Potomac, too. So I would be all nope, into yeah, that. Nope, you can't get that job. Nikki got it already. No, I would love to watch her do her job. I'm mm-hmm. saying I watch that show for real. Yeah, salute to Giselle, Brian, and uh, Robin Dixon. They got a podcast on the Black Effect iHeartRadio podcast network called Reasonably Shady. You should check you? it out. All right, now she also posted a conversation she had on, on uh, text with her publicist. Uh, Andy Cohen said he would gladly give up his seat to have you host Potomac Reunion tapes around October. And she seemed really excited about it. So she says she wants to do it. Well, get that bag ready for Nikki. And, I'm, <laughs> and, and you know, I'm, I'm sure she'll be there. That, that's actually dope. I like when people who actually, you know, like a show and actually mm-hmm. watch a show host those type of events. Like 90 Day Fiance or something like that. Did y'all see what Angela looks like now? She done had her whole face redone and her neck and everything. I have no idea what you're talking about. We don't, sure we don't people, watch that show. I'm yeah. sure the people who watch it know. 90 Day Fiance, <laughs> we don't, we don't, y'all. We don't watch it. All right, now Drake says that Certified Lover Boy is finished and on the way. He was on Sound 42's Friday radio show on Friday night, and here's what happened. Album's cooked. Looking forward to delivering it to you. I hope everybody in the world is blessed. And for the rest of you heathens, I want to tell you because I know you're listening because you're always pre. Don't trouble people's kids. Don't bother people's soul. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> OVO, we aim for the head. We don't aim to please. You see it? 
certified lover boy on the way. How come Charlemagne Patois don't sound like that when Charlemagne gets in the Patois? First of all, Drake always sounds oh, like a he, he sounds like a You're woman. Right, I'm under it. He's, he sounds like a Jamaican mob boss or uh, uh, employee at a Jamaican restaurant that's just tired of you being pushy. <laughs> I told you there's no more oxtail, okay? Okay. <laughs> Listen, there's a lot coming out this Friday coming up. I wonder if that's coming out on Friday also, you, you're along disturbing with Nas my soul. and Kanye's album. You're so. disturbing my soul. I told you no more beef patty. Just chicken. <laughs> okay. <sighs> All right, now let's talk about Beanie Siegel on Drink Champs. You know, great conversation, great discussion. Mm-hmm. A lot of things were talked about now. Some of the things discussed on Drink Champs with Beanie Siegel, because y'all know Nori was on the Breakfast Club talking about doing a versus with Beanie Siegel, but it looks like that was all a ploy uh, to make all of this happen and these conversations. But one thing he talked about was uh, going to, he almost missed his Rockefeller meeting because he wanted to go to a dog fight. The day that they was going to uh, Rockefeller Ruckus, Murder Mill had a dog named Mikey. Grand Chad, this is sure shot. I'm trying to go bet this money on Mikey. So a car was like, yo, come up, come up. I'm like, all right, but I'm trying to duck him. And it's just for the ride. Yeah, you just go out the back of them. That's not my meeting. Oh, that's right. So when Bubon, he offered it, he was like, yo, come with me. I'm like, all right, I'm going to come. All right, in addition to that, he talked about falling out with Jay-Z. That really hurt him. Call Swiss. There's this rumor that one time that Jay got on the stand and they asked him, would you be responsible for beans? And he said, no. Absolutely. What mind state does that put you in? All right, put it like this. Rockefeller Records Mm -hmm. was the only thing that I've ever been a part of that I thought was honest. I'm from South Philly, so smile, shake your hand, you know what I mean? Pray next to you, turn around, blow your head off. So me... Being with Rockefeller, the La Familia, I held on to that. In addition, he talked about an instance where he actually pulled out a gun on Lior Cohen. So Lior was like, yo, listen, I'm not asking you to, to go hammer. I don't even know if you can spell hammer. So I don't know who Lior is at the time. You don't know. I don't even know who the f- why we even talking to him. Right. I said, yo, go start the car. <laughs> so as we leaving up, I'm like, yo, who the f- you talking to? Like, I don't know. But it's not Leo. No, I pulled out. Oh, you pulled out on Leo Cold. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's a, it's a great interview on Drink Champs. And, uh, you know, Beans, yes. Beans holds himself accountable for a lot of things. And, you know, even when he was discussing, you know, pulling out the ham on Leo Cole, and he was like, that's why Hove didn't want to be all the way responsible for me. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> part of the reason right like there. that. Yep. Right. In addition, he also discussed the whole versus battle. They talked about that. Call Swiss. No, no, no. It's already been called. Make it happen. It's already been made happen. Don't worry about it. You good. Trust me. Because I feel like I got a remind. No, no, no. I'm with it just as much. In fact, I I welcomed it. So trust me. I'm with it. But let me just tell you something, Beans. I really with you. I really got love for you. I love to do this battle. I really do. But besides that, I don't want to battle somebody that's a sucker. I want to battle somebody that's real. And listen, uh, you can listen to the Drink Champs uh, podcast on the Black Effect iHeartRadio podcast network. And I know you look at Drink Champs time and you say, damn, this podcast is almost three hours. If you're a hip hop lover, it flies by.
It Trust does. me. Yeah, other it things does. they discussed. Great interview, Nori. He also, uh, Beanie Siegel doesn't think that modern day hip hop has a lot of substance. And he also talked about the Hard Knock Life tour. He talked about helping to discover Just Blaze also. And Jay-Z and Damon Dash is falling out and how you could kind of feel it. His relationship with Cameron, how he respects Cameron. And Cameron gave him a mm-hmm. lot of advice and game. Uh, all of those things. The Just Blaze story is ill. I, I didn't know that uh, Kanye West and Just Blaze first placements were with Beanie, Beanie Siegel. But I learned that on that Drink Champs interview. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. Shout out to Nori again, man. I, I love what Nori and, and, and they're doing with Drink Champs. Nori I just want to salute Nori. DJ yeah, shout out DJ Effin. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and also, uh, let me shout out to Jerked. Jerked, is a, uh, when you were talking to uh, Patois earlier, it made me hungry, man. Shout out to Jerked in Jersey, man. They said you come all the time too, Charlamagne. Hey. Jerked, where that's at? Hackensack. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there a couple of times. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, who you giving your donka to? Uh, we need Joe Manson, the real Joe that's running this country, to come to the front of the congregation. we like to have a word with him. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. At Simple Mobile, you get the no contract advantage with no mystery fees, no activation fees, and no contract ever. Simple Mobile, out with the old, in with simple. Terms and conditions at simplemobile.com. This is America. There is no question that there are problems in this country between police and community. Yes, you are a donkey. To the latest on that police killing of a black man. Now to new developments in the deadly spa shooting rampage. Um, and yesterday was a really bad day for him, and this is what he did. And so we are in a state of emergency. Okay, white supremacist violence is and always has been the number one threat to our society. But I'm also very proud that my wife is white. The, the Breakfast Club, bitches. All right, Charlene, please tell me, why was I your donkey of the day? Well, good morning. Donkey of the day for Monday, August 2nd goes to the real Joe that is running this country. What Joe am I talking about? If you chose Biden for 500, Alex, you are incorrect. I'm talking about Joe Manson. Okay, the senator from West Virginia who doesn't give a damn about progress in this country. Okay, especially black progress, I would say. I mean, that's just my opinion, because if he cared about black progress, if he cared about the Democrats most loyal voting block, then he wouldn't be the reason that legislation that directly impacts black people would get blocked on the regular. All right, Joe Manchin is the senator of GOP-leaning West Virginia. If you think for one second that he gives a damn about what the Democratic Party gives a damn about, then I got some air from a Kanye West listening party I want to sell you. Okay, now yesterday, Joe Manchin was on CNN State of the Union uh, with Jake Tapper, and he was asked a direct question about whether he could imagine supporting a carve-out to filibuster rules to help pass voting rights legislation. Why do we need voting rights legislation? Because I have told y'all on this radio as simply as I possibly can that they are trying to stop your black ass right to vote. All right. And there's this thing called the filibuster. And if they get rid of the filibuster, they can actually get some things done. Okay. Like voting rights legislation. For all my folks who don't know what the filibuster is, I've told y'all over and over, it's just cot blocking. Okay. That's all. Any attempt to block or delay Senate action on a bill or other matter by debating it at length, by offering a bunch of procedural motions and other delaying or obstructive actions. So all you have to do is vote to get rid of the filibuster and the Biden administration could get some things done because the filibuster is what is used to block most of Biden's agenda. So the economy, voting rights, police reform, all of that could be passed if they got rid of the filibuster. Why? Because the Democrats have a majority that depends on a tie breaking vote from one vice president 
Kamala Harris. Okay, if they got rid of the filibuster, they could pass legislation without Republicans. Well, I played y'all audio of GOP lawmakers caught on tape laughing and thanking Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema uh, for keeping the filibuster alive because if because without that, they would be dead meat. Their words, not mine. Listen again in case you missed it. But the reality is they are pushing as far as they can. Fortunately for us, the filibuster is still in effect in the Senate. Without that, we would be dead meat. Then we'd be having a, a little bit more frantic discussion than we're having today. But thank goodness for Cinema and, and Joe Manchin. I like it when AOC is going after Joe Manchin. Like, this, is this is great for me. You know, it makes my job easier as a conservative because, you know, I can go to Joe Manchin or, or, or Kirsten uh, Cinema and be like, hey, guys, you know, and I'm really sorry you're having to go through that. That's, that's just a shame. <laughs> GOP lawmakers thanking Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema for helping them. Okay. Now, with all that, Joe Manchin still believes he can't imagine a world where he would support a carve out the filibuster rules. This is him on State of the Union yesterday with Jake Tapper. Listen. Is there any circumstance under which you could imagine allowing a carve out for the I know you oppose getting rid of the filibuster, but there's some people like uh, Angus King of sure. Maine, who's an independent, uh, who said that he's possibly willing to step back from the filibuster, his opposition to getting rid of the filibuster just for voting rights because he's so concerned and it becomes, it's become so partisan. Can you imagine ever doing that? Jake, I can't imagine a carve-out. Jesus Christ, not even a carve-out? Not even a carve-out for voting rights? Can we get an explanation? Because I was here in 2013 when it was called a carve-out. We're just going to do the cabinet for the president, and then it went into we're going to do the judges who are lifetime appointments for circuit and district. They were even going to do Supreme Court, but they didn't at that time. The Democrats were in control. 2017, Mitch McConnell's in control, comes right back in, and guess what? That carve-out worked to really carve us up pretty bad. Yeah. Then you got the Supreme Court. So there's no stopping it. We just need a carve-out to protect voting rights. Voting rights? The cornerstone of democracy? We can't get a carve-out for that? See, this is, this is why just voting Democrat doesn't always mean progress. Okay, Joe Manchin is willing and able to block his party's progress, and for what? Because he's not beholden to the Democratic Party. His political brand isn't hitched to the Democratic wagon. He's a senator, okay, in GOP-leading West Virginia, a very red state. He's not giving that up for you Negroes, all right? Salute to West Virginia, by the way. Tudor's Biscuit World. Drop on a clues bonds for Tudor's Biscuit World. My God. Amazing. Uh, who cares if you Negroes is mad, okay? Joe Manchin knows where his white bread is buttered. Apologies. He doesn't want butter. He wants mayonnaise. Let me do that again. Joe Manchin knows where his white bread is mayonnaise. And it's not with you Negroes and you Negro lovers, okay? Here's the thing. I just will never understand why anyone who claims to be a patriot, who claims to be a proud citizen of the United States of America, isn't trying to fight like hell to preserve what is the cornerstone of democracy. Free and fair elections are what democracy is all about. So if you love America like you say you do, you would fight like hell so folks can have the right to vote. Well, I can guarantee you this. If Joe Manchin's people's voting rights were threatened, he would be acting like it. It would be a totally different sense of urgency in regards to protecting voting rights, but it's just mostly you Negro, so who cares, okay? If that's not the case, Joe Manchin has to show me that's not the case, but hey, I've been alive long enough to know that when a person consistently shows you who they are, believe them. When something changes, if something changes, if Joe Manchin starts doing the right thing by this democracy, I will let you know. Until then, please let Remy Ma give Joe Manchin the biggest hee-haw. You stupid motherfucker! Are you dumb? Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> well, thank you for that donkey today, sir. Yes, ma'am. 
Now, when we come back, we have Dr. Muhammad joining us. She's a professor at Howard University. You She's going to talk you, about you don't social try to justice. Say her first name? You don't want to say her first name? Bahia. 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 Dr. Bahia Muhammad. Yeah, shout Bahia out to Bahia Muhammad. Her. Mm-hmm. Yes. She's going to talk about Social Justice Week at Howard University, which is uh, this week. Starts uh, today. Yep, starts today. So yes. we're going to talk to her when we come back. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have a special guest in the building. Dr. Bahia Muhammad, welcome. Thank you. How Peace, you Queen. How are I'm you? I'm good. Peace. I am well. Excited to be here. Now listen, he's gonna hate on you I'm already. Uh-oh. I am not okay. Uh oh. <laughs> I, I, I am not. Wait. What? What? Tell me a little bit more. Why? I'm not gonna hate on you. Okay. You Look at the he, signage. You see the sign right there? Oh. oh you don't see the sign. Oh. You represent, you know, a, a, a nice school, you know what I mean? But I'm just, you know, I'm not I love, that. I love all HBCUs. It's all really, really good. I am so excited to see that. Um, I love it. I love it all. I said, wait a minute. <laughs> Let me get right. Okay. Well, 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 tell them who you are. What's your, what's yes. your title and everything? Dr. Bahia Muhammad. I'm an associate professor at Howard University in the Department of Sociology and Criminology, uh, College of Arts and Sciences. Mm-hmm. Um I've been there for about eight years. I absolutely love it. It's the first experience teaching at an HBCU. So you already know, loving mm-hmm. on the students, uh, black excellence. I mean, it just doesn't get any better. I agree with you. And, you. and you're the founding, I never even heard of something like this, but you're the founding director for Howard University's Higher Education and Prison Programming? Yes. Okay, yes. what is that? Yes. Yeah. Taking students into facilities. I teach uh, criminal justice. So for me, I think you need to really get close to it in order to really understand. So I teach the classes inside of the prison. Half of the students are incarcerated. The other half are matriculated at the university. And we read the same things and really try to identify ways that we can love on those in our families that are incarcerated, um, but also to support uh, around social justice initiatives. What what does criminal legal reform really mean? And what actually can you do if you're not intimate with the system? If you've never entered a facility, how have you mastered it, even if you pay for the degree? So really trying to get students to understand you have to be a whole lot more focused than just the books. Um, and you have to be intimate with the experience. And if you don't start in your own family, you may get it wrong out there trying to do the right things. That's real. That's like an eloquent way of like Alonzo in training day when he gave Hoyt the, the <laughs> drugs and he was like, a good narcotics detective right, must right. know word, and appreciate that's, narcotics. That's exactly it. That's now, exactly it. How important are HBCUs to our community? Ooh, HBCUs are the community. Mm-hmm. You know, when I think about uh, D.C., um, Howard University is Chocolate City, right? Like mm-hmm. as we think about gentrification and mm-hmm. we think about the different ways in which communities are configured. HBCUs are those campuses where you're getting it hot off the press. Mm. You know, like this is not that type of, you know, research instructors that are, you know, coming in and asking any sort of question in order to check a box. Like you have individuals that strategically can write these different questions in ways that get at the heart of what's going on. And these are your instructors. And they look like you, deans with braids and locks and you know, students from across the African diaspora, so many individuals feel that blackness is just one thing and it is so dynamic. I never even knew that there was a place like an HBCU where you could really just get loved on in your mind, in your soul, in your heart. If I have students that come to me and say, look, I can't 
through that assignment, my brother was shot last week. Like, I don't need the evidence. I don't need to mm. ask any more questions, baby. Take your time. Um, when you're ready to write, we'll get back to it. Um, very different than what you see at predominantly white institutions. Um, I think there's a space for both. But to have that HBCU experience is something that connects individuals in ways that is Untangible. You can't touch it. It's what something you, you feel. I'm so interested in the HEP program. Like, did, did Howard give you any pushback when you presented the idea to have students live inside of, of the prison? Absolutely not. Absolutely wow. not. Let me tell you, I I wanted to go to Howard specifically because when I looked at the landscape of what was going on, there weren't a lot of black and brown folks going in where black and brown folks are incarcerated. So mm-hmm. for me, it was just like, Dag, how do we get to the point where we begin to engage in real talk conversations? The brother always comes home. The uncle comes home. We go to the cookouts. We all chill and we all excited. But we never sit down and break bread in terms of what's going on. My research is on children of incarcerated parents. So Mm -hmm. for me, I started there at Howard and um, I really connected it to my data and expertise and said, you know, after 10 years of research, the children of incarcerated parents have questions. And these are the questions, and I feel like we can create the next generation of social ambassadors by having them see what's going on mm-hmm. so that they can really come up with solutions. And you shouldn't have to be incarcerated in order to see that side. You should be able to see it in this way. The university embraced it. At the time, our current president um, was the provost. Wow. And so it was dope when he just crossed over. I said, alhamdulillah. I was mm-hmm. just excited, you know, at that that feed, I knew that there were going to be legal ramifications. I knew that there were going to be issues. But for me, um, going down to D.C. from Jersey, New York area was like, I got to do this at an HBCU. And so I went to Howard specifically for this. You actually you don't just take them to the prison. They live in the prison. Did I, did I read that right? Sleep in the prison every day? The students, for seven days? Yes, seven wow. days, course wow. curriculum. They lived in the facility for seven with days. With other, uh, the facility was running regular. This facility was where Martha Stewart was incarcerated. They call it Cupcake Prison. Mm-hmm. So let's contextualize, right? <laughs> okay. Like, okay. let's contextualize beautiful mountains. It wasn't you know, Not Rikers, no. right? They're not letting you go into the city. But for me, what I wanted the students to see is that the prison industrial complex does not live everywhere. And so when you think about white-collar criminals, you could go and sleep at their facility. You could have a sleepover. You know what wow. I mean? Like, that's a different concept. And the students, I, you know, they gave me pushback. They like, Doc, we try to go to the hood, you know? Okay. And I was just yeah, like, right. we, we know that. Let's see some things that we don't know. Mm-hmm. Let's see where they have a firefighter program, right? Where if there are not enough individuals in the community to put out a fire, the individuals that are incarcerated get suited and booted, and they go out and they do the work of the community. But when you talk about individuals that are black and brown and disenfranchised, you stuck in your cell. You're not making that sort of thing. There may not even be programming. So it really opened the eyes for the students, and I wanted them to see the climax between the data. You know, Mm -hmm. I had them reading for 15 weeks about the curriculums and what was going on, and when they went, it was the opposite. The data says that these children are nothing. They're going to amount to the mistake that their parents made, and they saw phenomenal youth, beautiful, young you know, invigorated individuals that was like, yo, I'm going to HBCU. Like, I'm about to get a PhD. I know there were majors where I could talk about my own mother and my life experience. So for me, I think it was able to wake the students up for them to see. We stayed seven days. We went in and out of the facility. The best part for me was where the incarcerated women had an opportunity to 
sleep next to their babies for the first time. So mm. I created it where the Howard students, ASB, you know, Alternative Spring Break, mm-hmm. it's an HBCU thing. Mm-hmm. They got to decorate the visiting hall and they got to see what it was like for parents to parent during prison. That doesn't happen, right? Like call mail and visits, but we all know that ain't parenting, mm-hmm. right? So like it really woke the students up. Um, And that was really my first chance at radical pedagogy of just pushing the envelope. Like, let me see how far I could, you know, take it. And then I really wanted to see what was going to happen with the students. And now, seven years later, they're in phenomenal positions. Like, they are movers and shakers. It has changed their lives in ways that, like, that was a dream come true. So so what 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 were you hoping that they, they learned from? I wanted them to learn that we are all human and that, I don't care if you pay $40,000, $100,000 for an, a degree. You're not an expert in an experience that you haven't touched and felt. That's a fact. Right. That's a fact. All right, we got more with Dr. Bahia Muhammad when we come back, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Dr. Muhammad. Charlemagne? I know that you chose to implement State of Emergency to Mika Mallory's book as a requ- as required reading for your social justice course. Why, why, why that book? You know, when I think about the movement now, when I think about all of the students, there was a cry for an answer. And a lot of the students, you know, were looking at historical pieces, looking at a movement in retrospect. State of emergency is now. It's happening now. Like mm-hmm. it's real. Mm-hmm. It's contemporary. It's right. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a contemporary social justice movement. And I also wanted them to understand that knowledge is everywhere. Um, and you don't have to have an acronym behind your name in order to be respected and mm-hmm. understood. And state of emergency did that. I wanted to have a book in the class that I teach in the community. So you have formerly incarcerated, currently incarcerated, detained youth, senior citizens, veterans, um, of a variety of individuals taking the class. I wanted to have something that could bring us all together. And that book, it it did that. That's Tamika Mallory's book, if y'all don't know. Do you, do you think state of emergency emergency should be required for like all social justice curriculum? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? The conversation was live like I mean the students first of all we started off just talking about the beginning you know the conversation Cardi B Angela, Angela Davis, Davis like yeah. you gotta stop like mm-hmm. it I just got excited because like where where would you see that mm-hmm. like when would you and the good thing about it was the students was holding that in the entire time like that would have never been a conversation that I could have ever had in my class even if I played a clip of music Mm-hmm. Right. Like, how would I have ever merged those two? That intersectionality would have never happened. So to start with that was wonderful. And I think a lot of the students started to think like, wow, you can be beautiful and on the front lines. You could be super dope and dressed in these sort of ways. One of my students said, you know, when I got into the movement, I thought that I had to leave my ghetto behind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And once she read the book, she says she learned that you bring all that you have because the people need everything and they need to see all type of people. So there was strategy in the book. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the students also talked about love and commitment. So I could see this in a sociology and criminology. I could see it in the humanistic social sciences. I could see it in an art and activism, you know, class. Um, I could see it across the band because it gives individuals a starting space and the language that's used is just real. Mm-hmm. Like it's raw, it's real. And 
the way you're able to dig in, it almost reads like a it it almost reads like a soundtrack. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that blows my mind because that's more important than any, like, list or anything. The fact that State of Emergency is a part of a curriculum curriculum at an HBCU. You know what I mean? Like, that's what books are about to me. Now, now you're doing Social Justice Week, Howard University Social Justice Week, August 2nd through the 6th. What What is that? We're yeah, launching it. Oh man, we are working on a what huge August initiative. 2nd to 6th? Mm-hmm. August second to the sixth, a full week, a full week of bringing HBCUs across the nation, communities of individuals together to talk about strategies and mm-hmm. the injustices in the system. Um, and so we have, you know, a lineup day one where we're going to be talking about police and perceptions. We're going to go into corrections and mass incarceration. We are going to move into the injustices as it relates to homicides and you know death by incarceration we're gonna hear from mothers of the movement we have a son of howard hbcu grad uh the mayor Roz baraka Mm -hmm. coming to bless us about refunding the people like what does that look like so we have all of these heavy hitters of course the queen tamika mallory talking about the book until freedom so we have a huge just lineup of individuals that are you know being able to say how a university is here right like we're not playing and we want everybody right like we want all hbcus we want all students we want all hands on deck we have to look at this seriously we are in a state of emergency like Mm -hmm. that's facts how can people get more information on it website uh www.howard.edu black uh backslash social justice uh consortium i'm also on instagram dr muhammad underscore uh experience i'm posting all week i have everything just kind of lined up it's going to be a lot uh they could google it and say howard university social justice week it'll pop up Registration is live now. It is free. We want everyone. There's no maximum. You don't have to be anybody. You can be whomever, right, interested or not in the movement and sign up and come and participate. Well, Dr. Muhammad, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Make sure y'all check out Howard University Social Justice Week, August 2nd through the 6th. Yes. Right? And then a couple yes. of months, then a couple of weeks later, then you could go to homecoming. But Right, right, right. Do that first. This is the prerequisite. <laughs> prerequisite to homecoming. Thank you for that. All right. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On the Breakfast Club. So listen up. All right, but now it's Cassidy versus Tory Lanez. So, Cassidy has some issues with Tory Lanez stealing his flow. Now, he put up an uh, Instagram video where he compared Tory Lanez's lyrics with his own, and he said that Tory Lanez stole his flow in this instance and back in 2017 when he rapped over Nas and the Braves Hearts' Uchi Wally beat. I click fast and bang your ass brain from your chicken a whip that I just crashed. Strangely, I click fast and bang your ass. Ain't nothing change. I got cane for the quick cash. A lot of niggas saying they hot, but they not in the place. And your block, it ain't hot, man, it's safe. Next nigga, this Tory Lane's about to get shot in his face. <laughs> I got more change than you got in my couch. And the next cat scream my name, going get yeah. shot in the mouth. But didn't Tory say Cassidy was like his favorite rapper? And yeah, Tory said, you were one of my favorite rappers, Cass. What's the problem? I guess this is what happens when you try to pay homage. The first freestyle, I shouted your name out because you did inspire me. The second one, I went on your beat. It's just sad how you old M-words be mad at the young M-words for not showing love. When we do, we get responses like this. Well, Cassidy did not feel the same. 
And here's what he had to say in a freestyle diss track called Perjury. You can't pay homage biting off a nigga too. Dog, you bit off way too much. This shit at you. I'm getting sick of you, coach of vultures. Yo, I hope you brung a gun because my youngest son big as you. It's difficult to win when nobody talks slick as you. And they rap a miserable that can't think quick as you. So they think of ways to try still wish from you without giving credit. Pathetic and permissible. You be stealing from mothers to him too. And on my old track, you spit my old rap like it was new. I mean, Cassidy's entitled to feel any way that he wants to feel, but I mean, isn't isn't this the way artists have always paid homage? That's how Hove always paid homage to Big, mm-hmm. you know. And, but but you know, people said Hove was biting too, so I don't know. Maybe Cassidy got a point. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I wish everybody well. Yeah, Cassidy had said during a recent interview with Hip Hop Uncensored, Uncensored, he said, I feel disrespected that he feel like just because he's an artist with some songs out there, him rapping to my beat, like I should feel privileged, like I should feel like he's doing something for me, like I should feel grateful. F out of here. He said, and where's been rapping to my beats? I've been doing this ish way before you came around. I don't give a F about you rapping to my beat. Pay homage for real. You know what's interesting? This, this is kind of like what Young Blue was upset about too, right? He just wanted Tori to give him credit. Mm-hmm. So I guess if you're gonna do that, you just gotta give him, give Cassidy more credit. But he credit, said he I did. Guess. He even shouted him out. Oh yeah, during the freestyle. Yeah, I don't know, mm-hmm. man. I don't know. All right. Uh, looks like Nelly and his longtime girlfriend Chantel Jackson have broken up. Now somebody posted on her page, "Are you and Nelly still together? I love seeing you guys together." And she said, "No, we're not just friends." And they've been together for over six years, and they mm-hmm. haven't posted each other on social media since January. People really pay attention to these things, so. Yeah, uh, and the baby has been dropped from Lollapalooza's lineup. You know, it was over the weekend, and right beforehand, a few hours before he was supposed to be on that stage, they did drop him. They said Lollapalooza was founded on diversity, inclusivity, respect, and love. With that in mind, the baby will no longer be performing at Grand Park tonight. Young Thug's performance will now take place at 9 p.m. on the Bud Light Seltzer stage, and G Herbo will perform at 4 p.m. on the T-Mobile stage. Now, in response, the baby posted this clip of Damon Dash. Fearlessness to be first. You know, to not move with a crowd, to move alone, you know. And you get scrutinized by people that do move with a crowd because they got to make you look bad to make themselves look good. It's all part of the game. You know, I see an interesting conversation starting about how these festivals and corporations don't sever ties with rappers when they talk about, you know, killing people, people. Like celebrating it's gang drugs. culture, celebrating yep. the drug culture, violence against women, disrespecting women. But, you know, this is where they draw the line. So it's clearly okay for us to degrade each other but not anyone else and I wonder whose job it is to change that if these companies and festivals drew the line against us and stopped allowing artists who do that to perform would the artists change their content I just I just wonder yeah but who who, who does that like how do they decide which one is okay and which one's not that doesn't that doesn't seem correct yeah is it just me no, I, I think say, a I, lot of it has to do with uh, sponsors and advertisers too but that's why I say I wonder whose job it is to change that right because right should be right and wrong should be wrong so I just you know I wonder you know you know, if, if if they stopped allowing artists who who do who do those things we just mentioned to perform, would the artists change their content? I, I just wonder. Well, on the positive side of things, congratulations to the baby and Danny Lay. As you know, I guess we all knew she was pregnant with his baby, but she confirmed it. She posted a pregnant picture herself and put hashtag the biggest, as did he. So congrats to the two of them. How, how does that confirm it? No, I don't know. I'm school me. I don't know. How did the that The biggest. And he posted it also. Oh, he posted the picture? No, the hashtag. <laughs> huh? Yes, the hashtag the biggest. That's but his all, all these artists say they the biggest. The biggest? Yeah, Rick Ross says that all the time. Like it could be Lotto's too, because Lotto's says like that the all the time. They, they all say the biggest. <laughs> you all guys, these, she's pregnant by the baby. You sure that's the baby's baby? 
I mean, the yeah, biggest pretty confirmed. much. They were dating, and then I don't know if they still are or not, but she's pregnant now, and so I feel like everybody kind of knew she was pregnant by the baby. Unless is this the first time y'all hearing that? I never heard. I mean, I don't know. I don't be paying no you attention. You never heard so that before. Know. You didn't know no, they I were heard dating. That all right, and Lamar Odom has to pay $380,000 in child support after a judge ruled that he hasn't paid a cent of support in over a year. So in all, that is 91000 in outstanding child support, 88000 in missed rent, 161000 for the college funds and expenses, and nearly 40000 for her legal fees and expenses. So he also didn't show up for a key hearing in the case, even though they gave him notice as well. But... He will be fighting 53-year-old Riddick Bowe in a celebrity boxing match, so that's going to be happening also. Why are they doing that, man? <laughs> Need the money, man. Yeah, but you don't do the bills. You got to pay. God damn. That's going to be happening October second. They should. I'm, don't they got it? They don't have a union for boxers. I don't think he's a boxer. I guess I'm talking about Riddick Bowe. Oh, like, <laughs> did you see the video Riddick Bowe did when he was looking for somebody to fight? Like Riddick Bowe didn't look like he was in no fighting condition, man. My goodness. So like, you think on, that he, Lamar man. Odom's going to beat him? Yes. You go look at the video of Riddick Bowe and you tell me. <laughs> All right. And Terry Kennedy, you guys know uh, famous skateboarder Terry Kennedy. He's facing homicide charges potentially now. He uh, allegedly attacked a man in an Illinois motel. That man is Josiah Kasahun, who's also a skateboarder. And mm-hmm. apparently he has now died from those injuries. According to a police spokesperson, Terry Kennedy told the cops, I will kill one of you police. We kill police where I'm from. They're not wow. sure what prompted this alleged motel attack, but based on social media, it appears at one point the two of them were friends. Yikes. Yeah, so very un, um, you know, unfortunate situation. We'll keep you guys updated on what's happening with that. Remember he had the Fly Society clothing line and music brand also? Yep. And he was on Rob Derdeck's show, um, the Fantasy Factory, and all of that. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. All right. Now, shout out to Revolt. We'll see you tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice mixes up next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account, get rules, and start winning Instant Karma. No purchase necessary. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. Banking services provided by MVB Bank, Inc., member FDIC, maximum balance, and transfer limits apply. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, shout out to everybody out in South Carolina, uh, Dylan, Florence, uh, Myrtle Beach. I was all over South Carolina the last uh, day or so. So shout out to all the hospitality, man. They, they show me so much love, so much food. I just want to say <laughs> thank you to everybody out there. So much food. So hey, much food. Food hey, is a love language. Yeah, speaking, mm-hmm. of, speaking of South Carolina, man, um, Saturday, August 14th, uh, I'm doing my annual backpack school supply giveaway and fish fry. At Berkeley High School, okay, 406 West Main Street, Monks Corner, South Carolina, from 2 to 5 p.m., okay? So you can uh, hit up Third Eye Awareness 843 at gmail.com for more information on that. But uh, Saturday, August 14th, I'm doing my annual backpack school supply giveaway in Fish Fry from 2 to 5 p.m. at Berkeley High School. So that's not this Saturday, next Saturday. Next Saturday, that's the same day as my car show in Atlantic City. So if you're in the, in the East Coast, you head over to Atlantic City. And if you're in the South, you head over to Charlemagne's uh, Backpack Drive and Fish Fry. Yes, sir. All right. When we come back, we got the positive no, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, uh, we got a shout out to Jalen Rose for joining us this morning. The good brother Jalen Rose. Always a great conversation. And I'm going to tell you something. Jalen has been... 
out here on the front line saying that uh, college players should be paid for years. I'm talking about years, 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 years. And people used to be kind of like getting at him a little bit like he was crazy. But I mean, you know, clearly he was right. That's right. And also shout out to uh, Dr. Bahia Muhammad. Mm. She's a, a professor at Howard University. And this is Social Justice Week at Howard University. So she stopped through earlier today as well. That's right. And salute to Dr. Bahia Muhammad, man, for adding um, State of Emergency, How to Win in the Country We Built by Tamika Mallory to her curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, that's 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 major. You know, that's more important to me than any sales or, you know, book list or anything like that. The fact that it's going to be a part of Howard University curriculum for years to come. That's incredible. Absolutely. Well, you got a positive note? I do, and it's simple. Uh, I have no energy for hate. I really don't. I either love you, wish you well, I hope you heal. I'm sending healing energy to everyone on this fine Monday morning. Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done?